Good morning. That's a beautiful song, isn't it? My favorite, Silent Night, Holy Night. Thank you, Gloria. What a beautiful way to celebrate this Christmas season. Well, oh, we have time, thank God. Last week we didn't, but we were given the most beautiful concert and we enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoyed it like I did. And we thank God this morning that we are all here. Some of us are not, but we pray for them and ask the Lord to visit with them and heal the sick and bring back those traveling to us. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, we heard about that. I want to quote one verse. And the angel said to them, to the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. When people hear good news, they automatically rejoice, be glad, utter words like, well, this is more than I've expected. Isn't that right? When something happens, uh, and then we, as we say, I can't believe it. Or wow. Always as Christmas time approaches, we think of the Christ who came to our world, born in Bethlehem, long time ago. But there are all too few who ponder why he came. Have you ever picked out those verses in the Bible in which the Lord himself declares why he came? When you find them, believe me, you will be touched. And you realize that they are full of mighty meaning. One of them, the Lord said, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Search it out. Our Lord Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy. The Apostle John mentions uh, a remarkable little comment in his uh, epistle. He says, after this Jesus, this is about the crucifixion, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled. He came as a fulfillment to the prophecies. Heaven declared then the good news to all of us. It is more than appropriate today because next week Christmas will be gone. But I, it's more than appropriate to bring to our attention the nature of the good news. I picked up four words. Good news and great joy. I know you, you enjoy Christmas. I 
as much as I do, I enjoy Christmas very much. I love this season. And uh, I hope all of you have a winter tree. <laughs> Alex, you have a winter tree? Enjoying your holiday season? <laughs> Christmas tree and Christmas season. This is what I enjoy. And let the world name it whatever they want to name it. We know very well Jesus is Christmas. And they cannot deny that. And we shall see. I want to uh, bring to your attention why Jesus came into this world. We heard it from so many times, and I hope you have a little bit left in your mind to absorb what I'm going to say, I hope, with the Holy Spirit. What are the good news that those angels sang about? I believe I want to talk about two areas. There are so many areas. The area number one, he came to take away our sins. It should ever be borne in mind that the one grand object of the Christ coming into this world is to bring the sinner to him in such a way as to secure the sinner's eternal salvation. And those of us who accepted the Lord Jesus as Savior, I say it without any doubt in my mind, my salvation is eternal. That's what your salvation should be, eternal. Don't you ever think. It does not depend on your situation. It does not depend on how you live. But I hope each and every one of us lives to bring glory to God. It does not depend on our condition here because our position in heaven is at the right hand glory with Jesus Christ. And no one can take away your salvation from you. This is why he came. Let them sing all the songs. Let them mock whatever they want. They cannot change the fact that Jesus came to take away our sins. When John saw him coming, John the Baptist saw him coming, he was baptizing. What did he say about Jesus? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And that's why we are celebrating him. The choice is up to man. When I say man, the two gender. The choice is up to man to receive this eternal gift, taking away your sins and mine, or to refuse it. You have a choice. We will be wise to keep before our own eyes the testimony of the scriptures, and I believe in the scriptures. I don't question it. You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save. And again, unto you is born this day a Savior. We talked a little bit about that last Sunday. Paul writes in 1 Timothy 1.15, it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance 
that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners whom I am chief. Allow me to say we'll be foolish when we try to justify the fact. Please listen. The fact of a human sin. And find excuses for our fallen human nature. We have listened to many humanistic philosophers. And they bug me, these philosophers, a lot. Telling us in their highly distinctive uh, uh, phraseology, if you will please, or philosophy, that sin is not really the evil thing which it used to be and which you think of today. It is the result of our own environment. Can you believe such nonsense? Once you change the environment, they say, man changes. Give man the right education and the right training and place him in a good atmosphere and he will change. I haven't seen it yet. Have you? It's vain. Sin is in the heart of man. And the environment cannot change him. The scripture is clear about the heart, the heart of man. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Sin is in the heart. Man is bent on doing his will, his own will, having his own way and carrying his own plans. This is a fact. And no one can deny it. And Jesus came to face that. To cure that in the heart of each and every individual without him. Let me submit to you one only, one biblical example. Was the garden of evil a beautiful place for man to live and cultivate and enjoy his walk with God? Was it a good environment? Yes or no? I think what? Paradise. The best environment you can ever be in. And where did man fall into sin? In the garden of evil, right? So what did the environment do to man? Nothing. Nothing because the heart of man is evil. So the environment has nothing to do with it. So go tell the philosophers they're wrong. The best environment that God created, man fell in. Let's stop here. Enough of this nonsense. And this, let's call sin a sin. And man is a sinner by nature. And nothing can save him except the blood of Jesus Christ. Good news. Jesus can save Sinners. Amen. He came to save sinners. Did he save you? Yes. I thought I was, it was impossible for me to find, to find salvation. 
I was in a desperate need of someone to rescue me. And Jesus came one night and visited me. Because sin was in my heart, not in my environment. All the family were saved except me. That was good environment, right? But I wasn't saved. But when Jesus entered my heart, he took my heart and washed with his blood. And I became a new man in Jesus Christ. Good news, isn't it? It's not what you see outside. It's not the good news that we look at what we have in the, and you, you, you drive in the neighborhood and you see all the beautiful light. I love them. Don't get me wrong. Keep putting them on. Keep putting them on. But salvation is not in that. And good news is not in that. Good news is when Jesus enters your heart and changes your life. That's why he came. That's why he came. As the world celebrates today, the birth of our Savior, let us not forget the purpose of his coming. May we never forget the reality of why also he came. As I said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin. He did not take your sins and mine and gave us, he did take everything and he gave us something instead. He gave us joy. He gave us life and life eternal. Then Jesus came. The good news is he brought us forgiveness. Are you rejoicing? Forgiveness from sin. Reconciliation with God. Justification through his righteousness. Cleansing from guilt. New spiritual life. Restored sonship in the family of God. And the pledge of immortality and eternal glory. What can we say to that? Hallelujah. What a savior. And friends, on this Sunday before Christmas, that is the good news. This is the true meaning of Christmas. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Are you saved? That's the question. Did you accept his salvation? Did he take your sins away? If you say yes to that, good news. Joy to you. Joy to the world. A newborn person in Jesus Christ. The second word, he says, of great joy, Jesus came to give us real peace. And please listen for 10 more minutes. In Luke 2.14, we have the announcement directly from heaven. It said, glory to God in the highest and on earth, goodwill toward men. As these heavenly voices fall on our human ears, 
What will men and women be thinking? When you hear them, what do you think? There are millions today, I was sitting and meditating on that. Even in the so-called Christian countries, to whom those sacred words will signify nothing. Nothing. Nothing beyond the pleasant, I'm having a good time, I'm enjoying the holidays and the events of annual festivity. Many people look for this time to have some festivities. They buy the drinks, oh, buy bottles. And they have, they, they want to enjoy it. And they think enjoyment is in this. I tell you one thing. I answer them all. If you don't have the joy of the Lord and his peace in your heart, there is no enjoyment, period. Period. But after all this is gone, what comes afterward? The reality. When all the partying is gone, all that celebrating is gone, all that uh, rejoicing supposedly is gone, what comes in? First, emptiness. If Jesus is not the Savior residing in your heart, your heart is empty, so your life is empty. Emptiness. Then, as Dean says, the three Ds. Disappointment, death, and depression. And we call them today the after Christmas blues. Is that? Since man was created and fell, he's been looking for peace. Searching for peace. And to many today, festivities is a sad time. Many people are so depressed sitting in their homes or anywhere in their bars drinking to forget why they are so depressed. And according to statistics, and here's statistics, it's not from me, psychiatrists are busier following Christmas and the New Year that at any other time of the year. It is said that psychiatric, psychiatric rooms at our hospitals are more likely to be filled to capacity at that time of the year than at any other period. You believe that? I do. Perhaps this is because many people are reminding of how empty and meaningless Life without God has become for them. But there's another side of this story. Many others. And thank God for these many others. Like you and me. Many others. Believers all over the globe. Who will think deeply again when, they, when Christmas comes. With a smile on their face. They will ponder again the profound meaning of the incarnation and praise God for loving us so much that he gave his only begotten son that should be, we be saved. Many. He came to bring joy, folks. 
Heaven announced it. Great joy. And a great peace. He came to communicate love. As we sang. His law is love. And his is peace. The gospel of peace. The world today, sad to say, is deprived of the real joy. As in, in search for peace. Take the newspaper, radio, in your car, television. What, what, do, what do you see? They're looking to defeat this certain group, this terrorist here, there. Wars everywhere in Asia, in the Far East, in the Middle East. We have problems at home. People are looking, where is the peace? Fifty years ago, people in the United States, we used to sleep and leave, and leave the doors unlocked. Nowadays, they don't care. They break doors and unlock them or do it and break, break into houses. They don't care. I remember when I used to live in Walnut Creek, I never took the keys out of my car in the 70s. It could be a mistake, but I left the keys in the car. Nowadays, you have to lock the car, you have to have all other things, you have to garage them. Things, things have changed. These are prophesied, and we know why. Man's heart is sinful. And things before the coming of the Lord are going to get worse. And people are looking for peace. Nations are looking for peace. The, the greatest nations in the world are getting together to find peace in the Middle East. I tell you one thing. I have news for you. You don't have to look for it. They're not going to find it. Because peace is not in the heart of man. Peace on earth and goodwill to man. And they will never find it. Why? I want to give you a secret why. Because they omitted the first half of the announcement. Now we receive, I will, I will give you the announcement. Now we receive cards, I receive Christmas cards. It says, peace on earth and goodwill to men. Do you receive these things? You read it in, in some stores and so on and so forth. Peace on earth. But there's, this is half the verse. This is half the song. This is half the sentence. What is the first half? Glory to God in the highest. They took the glory out. They're ashamed of the word God. They're ashamed of his glory. And let me tell you one thing. If the large Christian denominations dare to be blamed in Christendom, general, kept true to the real Jesus Christ of the New Testament, how different might the so-called Christian nations will be today.
I assure you, we wouldn't be in such predicament if we were proud of our God and we gave him the glory he deserved. Glory to God. Yes, he wants peace in your heart. He wants peace in your family. He wants peace in our community. He wants peace in our nation. He wants peace. Peace starts in the heart. But man is not giving glory to God. Some of the interpretations, and I read many, of glory to God, some of them says it's obedience to God. People don't want to pledge allegiance to God himself, to Jesus Christ. Are we giving him glory? Because there's a mention of glory to God. People took the first half completely. And now their salutations, their greetings, peace on earth. We love it. But it's half of it. Peace will not be on earth. Peace will not come unless glory to God is given. That's why our nation is suffering. We took the glory of God. We took the glory of God from government. We took it from corporations. We took it away from schools. Do we still pray at schools? Only Christian schools. We took away the glory of God from the main streets of our nation. I don't see glory to God in the highest. I see peace on earth. Why? They do not want to honor God. They want to please each and every one. And Paul writing, if I were to please men, I am not a slave for Jesus Christ. We are not here to please. We are here to glorify God. And if we ask the angels, doubtless, when the angels said and they started their song, you think that they pay attention to the order of time there under Herod? Did they pay attention to what kind of social, uh, social, uh, social life they have? No, they declared the truth from heaven. Glory to God, first and foremost. Is God being glorified? This is what I want to talk about. Then we will have peace. Is God being glorified in your life? Christian, this is Christmas, and it's time for us to glorify him. Is God being glorified in your house, in your life? At work, wherever you go, do you represent the glory of God? Then your testimony will be a testimony of joy and peace and everything else that comes with it. Believers of the 21st century, we should glorify God in everything we do. Peace on earth and goodwill to men is not enough. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill to men. That's what Jesus, why Jesus came. But we took his glory and throw it out. You know, this is not something new. They denied him. They crucified him. Even his visage was marred. They could not recognize that this was the Christ. And he died carrying your sin and mine to give us eternal life, to give us the joy of salvation. And that's why Jesus came. 
I have a news for the world. Peace is not going to be settling anywhere unless we give the glory to God. And guess what? It's not going to happen in this life. It's going to happen when the Prince of Peace comes and reigns. And then we will have a new life of peace and prosperity. Are you looking forward for that? Yes. Amen. That's, uh, if you say, hey, I can't find it here, I have something to console you, to comfort you. The days are getting shorter. And we don't know, th the Lord Jesus is knocking. He is at hand. He is coming. We look for him to come. And then will reign. What a reign is going to be. The Prince of Peace is reigning. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And every knee shall bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is what? Is Lord. This is the glory of God. All for our nation. For each and every one of us. Realize that we're living in the last days. And we need to give the glory to God in our behavior at home. Now we're coming to three, four days of crucial Christians. Separate yourself from the evil of this world. Separate yourself from drinking and so on and so forth. There'll be parties uh, at the corporations you work with. There'll be many things. You'll be enticed. Stand firm and give glory to God. And then... Then, after all this is done, you will be walking with your head high. I say, I thank God. I lived a testimony for the Lord who came and died on the cross for me. Amen. Amen. And with that, I leave with you. Go enjoy Christmas. Be careful how you celebrate it. Give him glory in your celebration. And he will be proud of you. And he will compensate you because he will never leave himself in debt to anyone. And have a very merry Christmas according to his will. Amen. God bless you all. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful that you are in the midst of your church. Help us, Lord, to give you glory. Live for you and honor you in our lives. Be with this church as we go. Take off this week. And visit with friends and families. Help us to be a blessing. Dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Meeting is over again. Very Merry Christmas. <laughs>